It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Orlando Magic on a scheduled loss as SGA returns. He drops 30 points. Josh Giddy gets it going a bit in the fourth quarter, but the Thunder ultimately do not have the legs to finish off this one. However, this week can still be a win for OKC. We'll talk about that coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmo.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling in the back-to-back to the Orlando Magic. SGA returns to drop 33 points. Kenny Hustle plays well, but the schedule it was just not in the favor of the Thunder in this game. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. We start the way we always do with our game overview. And this one, the Thunder did not have Chet Holmgren, did not have Usman Jang, did not have Pokashevsky, did not have Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and did not have Eugenio Marui. Plus, Darius Spaisley. Once again, a DNP CD as the Thunder did not have two bigs. However, SGA did return back from illness. This was the second leg of a back-to-back, which is a home road back-to-back, the toughest of the back-to-backs out there. Maybe a road road's tougher. I don't know. That's a good debate we can have tomorrow. But home road back-to-back did not land in Orlando until 3 a.m. By the time you get to the hotel and everything, it's 4 a.m. And, and you're kind of fighting an uphill battle even after coming off of a massive win against Boston where you put up 150 points of franchise record. And the Magic, though, had to deal with some adversity of their own. They did not have Bol Bol, did not have Jonathan Isaac, did not have Chuma Okeke, did not have Jalen Suggs, 
did not have Kevin Harris, did not have uh, either one of the Wagner brothers, Mo or Franz, and then did not have uh, Admiral Schofield, a Thunder legend. The Thunder starters were SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, and then both of the Jalen Williamses. However, the minute getters for OKC, the five most minute getters, were SGA, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, uh, Trey Mann, and Kenny Hustle. And the Thunder saw a big return from SGA, who scored 33 points in his first game back. And before we get into all the kind of highlights of this game for SGA, one of the biggest things is yesterday he tried to give it a go against Boston and realized, you know, at you know, 4, 4.35, whenever it was, that he just couldn't go. He just couldn't do it. He was too sick. And to have that turnaround from being too sick to, to go against Boston and then gutting through it to play against Orlando. But it's a back-to-back. You had to fly to Orlando while sick. You didn't get into your hotel while sick until 4 a.m., barely any rest, and then you go and play a game while, of course, still being a little under the weather. You have to be. You're not going to magically be 100% the next day. Uh, so that deserves a ton of credit to just play in general, much less to drop 33 points. Like That is a, that is a huge thing for him. Uh, four assists for him, f- uh, four rebounds as well. He got a steal and a block, had three turnovers, and then at the free throw line, he got there 18 times and made 17 for 18 free throws. Yeah, Paolo dunked on him, but I love the try to contest from SGA. Defensively, he used his length and he was really good, but offensively, he scored the first four points for OKC. His first bucket was that slow Euro step that just puts a defense into a frenzy. They just don't know how to react to it. Like it catches them off guard that he, that this is a guy that can put, put his gear in neutral, so to say, and then speed right back up and, and, and fly by you. But he can also slow it down and go in slow motion on these Euro steps. And it just confuses everyone involved. And then the next possession is a step back mid range, uh, jumper to score the first four points. One thing I want to talk about from SGA, like one portion of his game that, isn't a highlight play because he missed the shot was at the end of the first quarter, like to beat the buzzer. He was trying to get a, a last second three at the end of the first. He had this step back long three that created so much space from the defense and the shot didn't go down, but he's been working on that step back three for a couple off seasons now. And you have to imagine he'll continue to work on that this summer. And with the, with the excellence we've seen from him from last year to this year, the improvement we've seen from him, and, you know, another summer of hard work. If that long-distance three-ball ever comes around and that step-back three ever comes around, and he can hit a step-back baseline jump or a step-back mid-range jump or at the elbow, a step-back three-pointer, plus attack downhill with a full head of steam and get to the rim and finish at the rim at such a high level uh, as a guard, I'm not sure what you do to stop that. Like There is no perfect way to stop him now, but... If you have to respect his three, but you have to respect his drive, and you have to respect his mid-range, and you have to respect, respect his step back, that's too many things to respect. He's going to get you 99.999% of the possessions because you're just guessing. You're, you're hoping that you know what he wants at that moment. But the thing is, since he plays so patient and under control and slow, for a lack of a better term, and the game is so slowed down for him, Let's say that you guess right. More often than not, he can just pivot and try a different thing. Or let's say you guess right that he is he wants to attack downhill this possession, and he, he just wants to bull rush his way to the rim. 
Well, if he picks up on the fact that, hey, this is really well defended by this guy. Like, he knew I wouldn't just go straight to the rim. Okay, last second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dump off a little step back. Like, if he can get to that point, which he has in the mid-range, and he has at the restricted area, baseline area, and he can get that way from three, I just don't know what you do. Like, it's already hard to defend him as it is. I think he put on an absolute clinic in the sense of this season in general. And, you know, this was not some immaculate game in the sense of he only shot, you know, 42%, which for him, you know, is not 50% or 60% or these absurd numbers that you're used to seeing. But still, you know, 42% with all things considered, where you were too sick to play yesterday, you gutted it out, you flew while sick, which just sounds dreadful. Like, flying in general seems pretty dreadful, but flying while sick and then not getting into your hotel room until 4 a.m. seems very, very bad and seems very not fun. And then you just ho-hum go to an NBA game against a very long team, a team that um, typically is the type to give you trouble when you have the bodies of Wendell Carter, you have the bodies of Pelop and Carroll, you have the bodies to pack the paint with Mo Bamba. Like whenever you have guys like that who you can just send in there and pack the paint, that typically uh, slows down Shea a little bit and to still get right back on that 30-point train, 33 points, uh, and start your new year off, you know, your first game of 2023 off with 33 points is pretty cool. Now, there was moments in this game where he showed more um, frustration with the refs than he typically does, which has been a sign the last week or two from SGA. And this game specifically, like, I know that he shot 18 free throws, but I I do understand the frustration in the sense of there was a drive late in this game around the three-minute mark, you know, somewhere in there, 330, where he drove through the rim baseline, and he went up and got fouled by three different Magic players, and there was no call. Because the refs, the, the refs were going to swallow their whistle um, late in game and let more things go because they don't want to be the ones to decide the game. But had that layup gone down, much less had that layup gone down and you get the foul call and you get an and one, then that changes everything for the Thunder and they kind of have more of a shot to get back and get a win on the other side of it uh, if that call is made. And so it's frustrating even though you do, go, you do go to the line 18 times. And so, Yes, the Magic give up 18 free throws, but they knew at the end of the game they could just pack the paint because these refs are not going to want to make too many calls later in the later stages. But it's it's impossible. It's impossible to complain about officiating whenever your star player got 18 free throws. But I think that that's kind of the only thing that he was maybe upset about uh, whenever you saw him kind of react that way. And then playmaking-wise, I've been talking about his playmaking and talking about his you know, ball handling's gotten better, his passing's gotten better. One of his four assists was just incredible where he drove. Uh, of course, the defense is going to collapse on him. He has incredible gravity when driving to the rim and then just whips the ball, wraps it around his defender out to Isaiah Joe, and Isaiah Joe knocks it down. We'll have a lot more on Isaiah Joe's game coming up. Isaiah Joe, he proved his value once again, and it's value that at this point when we continue and continue and continue to see this, this sample size from him, that is unmatched and is worthy of a long-term investment, which the Thunder have given him a multi-year deal, but it's worthy of a long-term investment in minutes as well for what he can provide you. Plus, we'll talk about Josh Giddy as well. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs, folks, and it's so easy to do. You can bet on pro and college football. You can bet on pro and college basketball, baseball, hockey, darts. You can bet on soccer, tennis, esports, everything that you want to bet on. 
And you can bet on the games. You know, for example, Mavericks Celtics tomorrow, which will be a very fun game. Mavericks are plus two and a half at home after the Celtics just got beat down by the Thunder. Um, but I find more enjoyment in looking at kind of the futures and the specials, like the, the the most improved player award. The favorite to win that award is your very own Shea Gildas Alexander at minus two hundred. Therese Halliburton is at plus three twenty five. Laurie Markkinen is at plus four fifty. That honestly. I think that Shea will win it. I think that Shea will win the award. But if you want to try to make some money, it would be interesting to take a flyer on marketing at the plus 450 mark. Like, that is kind of low odds. I'd figure that he'd be higher than Therese Halliburton because Therese Halliburton, of course, um, is still so young. And, and the breakout from Laurie Marketing came sort of out of nowhere, if you will, whenever you consider where Utah was projected to be this season. Rookie of the year odds, only three players on the board, Paolo, Benedict Matherin, and Jaden Ivey in that order. And you can also see the pulse of the NBA there where you can go to who they think will win the championship. Boston is the favorite at plus 375, the same Celtics who the Thunder gave 150 points to. So you can check it all out at BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen. Let's talk Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Did have the three turnovers, but he shot 41% from the floor. Shot two of seven from deep. No free throws. And I put that as my huge resolution for him. I, I was hoping that you know we'd see him get to the line more. It's only two, you know, two games in, whatever the case is. But still, um, in this game, you did see him get frustrated with the officials because he was attacking strong downhill. And there was a few times where he got hacked and he didn't go to the line. And I don't know what it is because there's nothing that Josh can really do because – yeah, he pulls up for floaters a lot, but in general, Josh is still going to going to the rim hard and scoring at the rim um, for a lot of his points, and it's just not getting the free throw rate that you'd like to see, and it just comes down to whenever officials start to give him those calls. Now, for Josh Giddy tonight, the fourth quarter was good. He was one of only two Thunder players that had a good fourth quarter, not counting Lindy Waters' you know, couple threes at the very, very end, but shout out to Lindy Waters for those threes. Uh, and, and Lindy, by the way, dropped 30 points in the G League on uh, Tuesday, and I and he walked into the press conference afterward, and um, he looks at us and he goes, "Happy New Year!" And there's like three of us in the room, and I was like, "Okay, well, what's your resolution for the New Year?" And he said, "To ball out." So far, so good. He had 30 points on Tuesday. On uh, Wednesday in the NBA, he hits a couple of threes. So good job for Lindy Waters. But Josh Giddy in the fourth quarter was three of six and, and played a good basketball game for the Thunder as they did SGA in the fourth quarter. But they just could not get out a win in this one. And 
a lot of the shots for Josh Giddy, getting back to Josh Giddy in the point of this game, even the floater, even the three pointers, like a lot of the shots in general for Josh Giddy were short, pulling the string on the shot where you just give a little bit more oomph and that shot goes down, especially around the rim, especially those floaters that Josh Giddy missed. And I, and I just wonder how much of that has to do with legs and how much of that has to do with um, playing on the second night of back-to-back on the road. It seems pretty difficult. So maybe that was the thing. But let's talk Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe's third quarter showed exactly how valuable he is. Three for three from three. Went two for two at the line with 11 points. He cut the lead to single digits. He's a spark plug. He's somebody that can give you a ton of energy and a ton of momentum. And I think that on a non-back-to-back, on a non-home road back-to-back, the Thunder probably take that momentum and run with it because he set up the formula. You know, you you get within a single-digit game uh, at the third quarter. You're a plus 10 in the third quarter. The best quarter the Thunder have all season long um, is the third quarter. In every single game, they're always great in the third quarter, and they wore that way again in Orlando. Then you survive the first four minutes of the fourth quarter, the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, SGA returns, and then you go on a run and you win the game. I think that in most circumstances, that is what would have happened. And that only happens because Isaiah Joe goes three for three from three. And I've been telling you about rookie J-Dubs, Jalen Williams, um, energy-giving plays. Isaiah Joe has that as well because you see it. If you've been to a basketball game, if you've watched a basketball game, the crowd's energy on three-pointers, you know, made three-pointers for their home team, is through the roof. It's only it's only rivaled by incredible dunks. So he has those made threes. He has some interesting rim finishes for no bigger than he is in the sense of compared to his NBA peers. He doesn't appear on the floor when you're watching him in person to be all that big. He's obviously a big human in general, but uh, compared to his NBA peers, so whenever he does soar up and finish with the rim and dunk on people, it, it looks um, in you know incredible to the eye, which gets a lot of people even more excited. Uh, but Isaiah Joe gives you a ton of momentum and can swing games for you, can be a spark plug, and can be a very valuable piece. Now, we're getting to that point where we're almost halfway through the season and he's still doing this. And so it kind of makes you believe that this is who he is whenever you factor in that the day he was signed, you can go back and listen to that podcast. I told you, he showed these tools in Philadelphia of being a nice player, but the Sixers were in a different space and time in their franchise where they weren't so worried about investing in a second-round pick and giving him developmental minutes. They were worried about trying to win a championship, and they didn't think that you know giving Joe NBA developmental minutes was a priority. And he goes to a team with like the Thunder that do think it's beneficial to give him these minutes, and he's gotten more of a runway, and he's gotten to show you what he can be in the NBA. And so on top of showing you what he can be and showing you his value, he does have an advocate within the Thunder. I mean, The Thunder bring in Rossman uh, this summer. He's the big reason why Isaiah Joe's even here a couple of days before the season starts. So he's going to be someone that pounds the table to keeping Isaiah Joe, you know, in general. This offseason, you know, just taking it one season at a time, this offseason, you're going to be able to move on from Darius Baisley. I, I don't think that there's any way Baisley's back, so that opens up a roster spot, which you fill immediately with the first-round pick. You can trade that second-round pick, and then just roll with it. Just, just run into the season with this exact same team, minus Baisley, plus a first-round pick. And, and then just kind of see we are at after the next season. But he signed for two more years on a minimum deal. Now, when, when the deal initially got signed, it was a multi-year deal. It was the Sam Presti special. You know, yeah, it's a it's a multi-year deal, but the Thunder can get out of it at any time and place that they want to. But, but now, the way that he's playing, why would you? 
I'm not going to try to convince you that Isaiah Joe is just some all-star player and is just some incredible starting level talent, but he is worth keeping around whenever you consider shooting, which is an economy built on resource scarcity. And, and, and you, the Thunder have seen how hard it is to find shooters to surround your players with. Circa the Russell Westbrook era, the Kevin Durant era, all those different teams that were so, so, so good. But the one thing that they lacked was consistent three-point shooting. And Isaiah Joe provides that. But also, there are not many players who can sit around for two quarters and then in the third quarter, just boom, catch fire, three for three from three. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you in the fourth quarter. Now this game's totally different. Just turn the game entirely on its head. Like, that is a valuable trait to have. And Isaiah Joe has been a valuable player for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the veterans also uh, were good. Kenny Hustle and Mike Muscala. Muscala had a nice bounce back. 11 points, two rebounds, a steal, three for, three from, uh, three for four from three. And then Kenny Hustle. He did have the five fouls, but... Whenever you're forced to play bigger and forced to play a, a position up and, and play center, the fouls are going to come, especially against a more lengthy uh, Orlando Magic team. 20 minutes of work, two for two from three, only two missed shots in the night, a steal and assist, nine rebounds and 12 points. Really good game from Kenny Hustle, uh, especially when you factor in the circumstances, not only of the schedule, but also of he's having to play his unnatural position. If he slides back down to that more natural position, he probably looks even better, uh, at least does not foul as much in the defensive end. Uh, so he gets away with more whenever he plays against wings and plays on the perimeter more than having to play down low. But the thing I love about Kenny Hustle is the tone setting that he does, no matter what position he's playing. So if he's playing on the perimeter, he's fighting through screens. He's he's finding a way to stick to, stick to his man and, and, and help you get a, get aligned defensively. If he's playing down low and playing center, he just finds a way to get rebounds, tap out rebounds, poke balls free, get to the ground and, and take a moment to the ground fighting for the ball. He might lose the fight for the ball. It might still go to the other team, but he's there boxing out. He's there throwing elbows down low, trying to get body positioning. And it doesn't always work because, you know, there's not much you can do whenever you're, you know, a wing that's playing center, but he's trying and he's fighting. And that has to force everyone to feel like, Hey, I need to bring that same energy. I need to bring that same, um, same physicality and aggression and um, work ethic to what we're doing here. We'll talk about Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara and Arkansas coming up, why they both might have had off games against the Orlando Magic. But first, I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at LinkedIn, folks, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you can check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs by targeting them with their targeting tools. They go beyond resumes, and they use insights from your job posting, your company, to their over 875 million people and profiles that they have to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. And they can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn jobs and connect them for free and faster for you so you can get a jump start on that to start the new year. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based upon your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering 
quality hires versus the leading competitors. So go right now to linkedin.com slash locked on to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Lockdown Thunder. For your next listen, check out the Game to Game podcast for every single game recap around the association in 30 minutes or less. Let's talk Jalen Williams. Both of them struggled on on uh, Wednesday after a good game on Tuesday. And I wonder if it's just the simple fact that there's no back-to-backs in college. And that's what I think it is. Like, like in college, you're not playing back-to-backs. You're playing two games a week. It's a tough adjustment. It's a tough adjustment to make from college to the NBA season. And it's a longer season. And you might be starting to hit a wall a little bit. And then, boom, you're hit with a... a Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back, where you're going to go from Oklahoma City to Orlando uh, and and all those other traveling factors that we factored in earlier. And I think that that kind of, you know, played a role in J-Dub especially, not playing particularly well offensively. But what I like about J-Dub's game is that, while he only had eight shot attempts and he missed an open-range jumper, he missed a floater, he missed two layups, he missed two threes, and he, he made that fast-break dunk uh, in the uh, one half-court layup as his two makes in this game. The thing I like about it is he still found a way to impact the game. He was patient as a playmaker with four assists and uh, three rebounds. He had five steals. He had five steals, a block and only one turnover. He is so calming whenever he's trying to find offense and set others up. Um, the, the, the ability that he has to pull the ball out, not worry about the time, not worry about what the defense is doing, just look for the open man is incredible uh, and, and the – the four assists were not these incredible highlights, but it did show how patient he is while, while waiting for cutters, while waiting for things to develop. A lot of times the rookies might get, might get the ball, and they're either going to pound the ball into the floor and then try to shoot, or they're going to just freak out and pass it on to the next guy. Jalen Williams gets the ball. If, if nobody's open, okay, we're going we're gonna to try to attack here, wait for someone to cut there, and just wait and just be calm and be patient. And, and that kind of maturity, not something you find in every single rookie. And then on the defensive end, so good, especially in this game, but also all season long at reading the passing lanes. And, and he is very predictive of where the ball is going to go. And with his long arms, which he always reminds us of that he has long arms in these press conferences, with his long arms, if you can read where the ball's going to go, 99% of the time you can get at the ball because your arms are just right there in the way, tipping the ball forward. And then he has the athleticism and the speed to go chase down that ball that he just tipped forward. It, it's awesome. And another thing that he does really well is he finds ways, you know, say a guy is driving from the top of the key, they're driving into the paint and he's defending in the slot. He finds ways to scooch down and swipe at a driver and get a steal without fouling a ton. And that's a really good asset to have as well. Like J-Dub played uh, really well in the defensive, defensive end. Offense will come around for him uh, as it has all season long. This is the first time he's shot inefficiently uh, at the NBA level. Like it, it is 
perfectly fine. For Jay Will, uh, I think that it does have some to do with the whole like college players, rookies are not used to back-to-backs. But I think that in this game, you saw him make that baseline jumper on the J-Dub connection for his first uh, make. But then he missed a restricted area shot where he drove into traffic instead of just having the fly-by three, which he created. He missed a wide-open three. And then only two rebounds in 11 minutes. And, and only playing 11 minutes, I think, was the Poku effect. Um, oftentimes, whenever Poku starts and then only plays 12 or 13 or 14 minutes, Mark's asked about it, and he says that, well, he just did not play physical enough. He didn't He didn't bring that intensity. He didn't bring that physicality to this game. And I think that's Jay Will's turn to uh, ride the bench for that same thing. I think that Jay Will just didn't bring the physicality to the standard of the Thunder, and he you know, played only 11 minutes in this game as a starter. And then they'll try again on Friday. They'll try again on Friday and, sun- and uh, Sunday when all of a sudden Christos Porzingis and Christian Wood come to town. Like, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And you got to learn the lesson of, hey, to stay on the floor, and this is your this is your big break. This is your big shot to, to make an impact at the NBA level, to uh, prove your worth, to um, fight for minutes that weren't available to you even two weeks ago. You've got to be ready to go on Friday and on Sunday against two very, very, very good bigs. Porzingis uh, should be an, all, you know, an all-star this year uh, and was a previous all-star. Christian Wood flirted with that status in Houston and is now playing very well in, in Dallas with Luka. Like, it's going to be difficult. Like, Luka puts you in pick and rolls that he does it more than anybody in the league. And, like, you've got to be ready for the assignments this weekend uh, where uh, Jay will had to ride the pine a bit in this game because he just did not bring that physicality. That's what I think, at least. So for the Thunder, they were only down three after the first quarter, but then in the second and fourth quarter, things got away from them. Uh, the Magic won the second quarter by 14 points, and then they won the fourth quarter by four points uh, only, but again, the Lindy Waters late threes and all that good stuff. Um, Orlando once led by 22 points. OKC never led by more than four. There were seven ties, four lead changes, the Magic won the rebounding battle, but they did turn the ball over 16 times. The Thunder always won the turnover battle uh, this season so far. The Thunder shot 40, 40, and 90 with 15 made threes. And, you know, 40% and 15 made threes. Not bad for OKC's you know, standards of shooting the basketball from three. Orlando shot 52, 39, and 80 with 13 made threes. The Magic also won points in the paint 48 to 30, and they won second chance points 13 to 7. Both teams had nine fast break points. Now, it's a conflicting way to get there. It's a difficult way to get there where you score 150 points on Tuesday and you set so many franchise records and your offense looks incredible whenever you didn't think it would against the NBA you know, title favorites, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, and then you lose in Orlando. But if you told yourself Monday or especially yesterday, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday at you know, 5 p.m., whenever you found that Shea was not going to play, if you told yourself then that the Thunder would be 1-1 one one heading into this weekend – you take it, and the Thunder can still find a way to um, be, you know, two and two on the week, which I think would be huge for them. I think if the Thunder can go 500 this week and reset themselves. That'd be a massive win because you you got these two games where you split them, and maybe it wasn't the order that you thought it would be. Maybe it's not the the exact specimens of how you thought it would happen, especially not beating Boston 150 to 117. But you you play Washington on Friday at home, City Edition night all that fun stuff on Friday. You beat Washington, you lose to Dallas, or vice versa, however it goes. You, know, you become 500 for the week, you take a beat, and then on Tuesday you get that return to TNT uh, in Miami. Now, it's going to be a difficult game, but I do think that that means something to Oklahoma City. I think that it means something to SGA, it means something to Josh Giddey, means something to J-Dub, uh, to be on TNT, to be 
in the spotlight, and they, they're going to have extra juice for that game, whereas Miami might not be ready for that punch of, whoa, you know, even if they don't underestimate the Thunder, like, whoa, this means a ton to the Thunder, and they're coming out here with their very, very, very best shot. I think that you're going to get that on Tuesday on TNT. Uh, and so you you become 500 then going to next week where you play Miami and start a very grueling stretch at Miami, at Philadelphia, at Chicago, at Brooklyn. Um, it's going to be difficult. Uh, it's going to be really difficult. You know, you're, you're likely going to lose um, Philadelphia and then lose Brooklyn. Like those two teams are very, very good. And we saw what Philadelphia could do in the paint, uh, scoring 66 points it was on New Year's Eve in the paint. Uh, you're going you're gonna to probably lose those two games. And you got Chicago and Miami to try to go 500 again next week uh, before uh, you hope that you can survive this very tough January because after that, the schedule kind of cleans up a little bit for the Thunder. So it'll be interesting to see if the Thunder can go 500 this week. I think that everyone would have taken that on Monday uh, at 500 a week for the Thunder. And it starts on Friday against the Wizards. Now, on Friday morning, you'll have another Locked on Thunder podcast. It'll be a mailbag podcast on Saturday. You get a special bonus podcast because... We hear for you every single game and every single day, Monday through Friday, plus after every single game. So Saturday, you need a Wizards recap, and then Monday, you get a Mavericks recap. So it'll be a lot of fun to follow those two games and see where they're at uh, heading into that TNT game on Tuesday against Miami. Until next time, be good and be good to one another. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.